This morning, remember, we're receiving our first uh, Feast of Tabernacles, a fast fruits offering. And this is in honor of our Lord. And I've entitled the message, Honoring Your Inheritance in Christ. And I want you to pay attention. I, I, really, I really desire for it not to be like a, a Bible school, uh, but, but to be the word that you can relate with. So just, just believe that, because, because there's so much that is happening right now in the body of Christ that it will take years to year to know what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Let me say something also in prefacing that, is um, if you're not careful, you'll be caught up with your, in your problems and in your needs, and you won't hear the voice of God. Because God is giving instructions concerning his people. And I'm telling you, he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. Sooner than we think. He's preparing his church. This past week, uh, I, was, um, I, didn't, I was in a conference, a Messianic Jews conference. Uh, it's called Toward Jerusalem Council 2. And, and when, I, when it was over, I felt like I, I didn't go full days. It was three days in Catholic University. But when it was over, I felt like, Lord, I didn't prepare myself for this conference as I should have. I should have given it enough time and more focused through that conference. But these are Messianic Jews and speaking revelations concerning the church and, of course, Israel and the, the Jewish community, of course, Jews coming to the kingdom of God and all that. And I felt I didn't give it enough time. I could have been more focused. But I've learned my lesson. I'm going to take those messages and listen and listen and listen to them. Because God is preparing his people. I encourage you, don't allow yourself to be caught up with, in, with your knees or, is it with or in your knees. And then you don't hear anything else. Because you can think of your knees, your knees, every day. Are there challenges in the time that you are living in? Yes, they are. There are plenty of challenges. Do you have challenges as a nation? Yes. But let me tell you something, all the nations of the world. Because this is not our home. But what should be our focus? Our focus should be this. Like what Psalm 23 says, For though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. But what was actually was happening was this. You go back to verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does that mean? The shepherd was leading the psalmist. So you lead, you're you being led by the Holy Spirit. You can go to, through some difficult uh, situations around you, but listen to this. If you can hear the voice of the shepherd, you will make it. I say, I like saying this, it, it in this manner. The worst crisis in a crisis is not a crisis. The crisis is the inability to hear God's voice. Does that sound like kantai, 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 But let me say it again. The worst crisis, uh, the worst crisis in a crisis is not a crisis. The crisis is the inability to hear the voice of God in that crisis. So the crisis is not a crisis. The crisis is the inability to hear God's voice. Did I 
turn, just twist your head around and just, you got something out of what I've said? That's very important. So look at this. You don't look at the crisis. You don't look at a crisis. You make sure you are hearing the voice of the shepherd. As long as you can hear the voice of the shepherd, you have it made. It doesn't matter how the situation looks like. So talking about honoring your inheritance in Christ, let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Because I told you uh, several weeks ago, there was a celebration of Feast of Tabernacles and, and all the, the fall feasts. Uh, uh, what, is, what did I say? Feast of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, and our Feast of Tabernacles. And we are giving our seed towards this. In the second envelope, you've been given. If you haven't received, you'll give instruction later and you receive it. But in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says honor. It begins with honor the Lord, with your possessions. God wants to be honored by his people with the people's possessions. Honor him. How do you honor? Honor, you have to, to have him first, you know, the things that you do. Have him first. Basic understanding. Have God first. I'm not religious about this, but I like it when I wake up in the morning. Before even I say hello to my wife, I like saying good morning, Father. I like establishing that he's first. Before Tina, he was. You see what I'm saying? So that, that's the establishing. And if it, was, if it wasn't for him, Tina and I could never go, have gotten married. And if it wasn't for him also, probably we could not have stayed together because I was a miserable young man. Miserable is an understatement. <laughs> so honor the Lord. Make him fast with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty. If you think of our time now, you can think of bank accounts and your vats will overflow with new wine, freshness of things that God wants to do in your life. Let me share with you some things that I believe are significant as we give, the, we give in this, we offer, we give our seed in this fast fruit, uh, Feast of Tabernacle offering to the Lord. I want to, to say some, some things here. I think there are four points I want to emphasize on. First, when you, we do that by faith, we increase in the revelation of our redemption. We increase in the revelation of our redemption. The whole Bible from the beginning, in Genesis, to the book of Revelation, like the way E.W. Kenyon, if you've ever heard of E.W. Kenyon, says, it's a, it's a redemption romance. It's a father and his family. Love these people. These people left him and, came, and he had a plan to redeem them, that is to purchase them back unto him. And there is one day, after you've left this earth, we'll be with him forever and ever. I'm looking forward to that day. It's wonderful. Church, it's wonderful. And so we increase in the revelation of our redemption. No man can say that he has known all, or has experienced all, everything that our redemption has provided. No one of us can say that. No, no human being on this earth can say that. Even Apostle Paul, I know, didn't say that. That we've received all, we know all that he did. No, we don't. 
But listen this, we are all, all in the body of Christ and different stages of maturing in the Lord, but none of us has reached. We are in different levels. Probably some of you were born again last week. Some of you two months ago. Some of you two, we, two years ago. Anyone who's been born again for over 30 years? Can I see your hand? Over 30 years? Okay, there are people over 30 years. Now we know your age. Because <laughs> you can't tell me you're born again from your mother's womb. But I've been born again for 26 years. I'm so grateful to the Lord. But look at this. All of us are maturing. maturing. We are growing. We are, we are knowing the Lord. And none of us will say that he has reached. So in observing the feast of the Lord and in giving our first fruit offering is we believe God to increase in, the, in, in revelation of our redemption. What does that bring? When we increase, with the increase in revelation, it, we walk also in power and authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. That increase of revelation or in revelation of what the Lord has done, we increase, we, we walk in power and authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you've been walking with the Lord, you realize that there are some things that intimidated you years ago, but they no longer intimidate you. Why is that so? You have increased in revelation concerning your redemption. You see my point? And, and therefore, that's very important as you do this, because all the feasts of the Lord, I call them the feasts of, of, of the Lord, I don't even call them the feasts of Israel, because they came from the Lord. The feasts of the Lord are revelations of his sons, who is Jesus, his life and ministry. When you talk about the feast of Passover, or like we call it, kind of I think of a of us in a Kiswahili, and uh, we have some words which are really Jewish. You know, in Kiswahili, what do you call a Passover? Pasaka. But you know, in Hebrew, it's Pesach. So that's, we have some of those things. And uh, in my mother tongue, we, we sometimes we'll call Father Abba. And when I had read the Bible for the first time, I thought, that's Jewish. We are a bit Jewish here. Abba. Abba. <laughs> Father. And so Pesach and, and so many words actually you find in Swahili. But, but then, uh, so the feast of the Passover, which now the Gentiles came in, of course they were anti-Jewish, they started calling it what? Easter. After they are gone. But listen to this, the word is Pesach. The feast of Passover was his death on the cross. Jesus died on that. And then what follows next, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which he was in the, in the, in the, in the tomb. Of course, he had gone to pay the price for, for, for our redemption. And the Feast of Fast Fruits was his resurrection day. So these things occurred on the Lord's Feast. So there is revelation in that. Listen, this is what I'm going to say. God doesn't do anything for the sake of doing it. There is nothing like coincidence in God. There is nothing like uh, coincidence or it just happened in God. No, God is a purposeful God. You may hear, feel like you are an outcast. But can I tell you something? You are in God's plan to be born. You are in God's plan and every born again believer has a purpose to fulfill or has a call to fulfill in your generation. So you aren't just, it didn't just happen that you showed up. No, there is God's plans 
for they are God's plans for your life. So when, when he, again, I've said that on the feast of fast fruit, the Lord was resurrected from the dead. And then we know what we call in the Greek in the day of Pentecost, which was 50 days after, there is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which actually is the feast of weeks, or what is called Pentecost or the Shavuot. The coming of the Holy Spirit was on the day of Pentecost. Do you see something here, a pattern? Again, I emphasize this. God is a God of purpose. In fact, in the book of Acts, chapter 15, verse 18, talking about God, he says this, known to God from eternity are all his works. Known to God from eternity are all his works. He plans things. That's why you and I are supposed to be planners. But how are we supposed to plan? In him. Amen? In him. I remember Tina telling me that, uh, that uh, before she accepted to get married to me, she said that, uh, you know, I had, I had written down some qualities that I wanted in a husband. And, and one of the things that I wanted was a tall man. I said, that's carnal. <laughs> but I, I encourage you. Now, a tall man, actually, you are really right. Because in my heart, I'm tall. I'm tall. <laughs> I remember saying that I wrote all those, a big guy. I say, yeah, yeah. I have muscles you don't see right now. You should see angels around me. And you should see the spiritual muscles that I have. When I say the name of Jesus, the devil knows that big guy. Because he's in Christ. So she was really right, but she was focusing on the wrong realm. That's God. That's God's humor. <laughs> Ladies, don't do that. You don't want ginger. I want that. Hey, don't do that. Just say, Lord, where is the man? Praise God. You know all the muscles he has. I want him, Lord. Now, if you don't think he has muscles, when he comes and take him to the gym. <laughs> There's nothing impossible to those who believe. <laughs> But the more she got to know me, the more she fell in love with me. And the rest is history. And you can tell. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you see, it's, it's God. It's a God of purpose. So these things we see, like what all these, uh, the, the feasts, we've seen that has already been fulfilled. But there are some who have not, which have not been fulfilled yet. And in fact, the, the believers, uh, scholars, Bible scholars, they believe that it's possible. It's possible. And leaning towards that, that the rapture of the church, maybe any day, you understand, maybe any day, but listen to this, may fall, probably, may fall on the feast of trumpets. We saw that in First Thessalonians chapter 4, probably. I can say it is because we, know, we don't know the day or the time. But I'm telling you this. Be prepared every time. When you see the pattern of God, God is not what people say He's a mysterious God. Everything about God is mysterious. No, not so. In fact, what I say, I'll use Dr. Jerry Saville's, uh, Saville's uh, words. God has dealt with man, to, with man, has dealt with man 
with an, has dealt with man, yeah, with an open hand. In other words, he's hiding nothing from man. If God was hiding anything from you, it's impossible for you to find it. Impossible. But he's dealt with man with an open hand. There's nothing he's hiding from any person. He's given us all things through his son. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What are we supposed to do? To labor in the word. To find out what he says and obey him. All what he's looking for is obedience. Remember what he spoke to, 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 to Saul? Obedience is better than sacrifice. God wants his people to obey him. On a daily basis, church. I was speaking to a little Tina, and I was, I was telling her, she's four years old, I, I was telling her, and we've been establishing this. When we say something, we say it once. Not twice, not thrice. Tina, we want you to do one, two, three. Uh, no, stop doing this, I want you to do this. I don't have to say it four times. You understand? You understand, parents? Don't waste time. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I remember, my man? My life will not be run around, run over by a child. I know that doesn't sound, seem in this generation, sound good in this generation. That's upon you. I'll go back to the Bible. God says, I speak once. And if we repeat something, again I say. But I, we keep saying this. Remember? Once. So... So I did, uh, I said something several times and she didn't respond. Then, then I picked up a, a, a Mr. Noah. <laughs> then when I went and I said, remember how many times? Once. And then I, then I said, and I had inside of me, and I had inside of me, and remember also when I speak to you, I speak to you once. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> you remember that? I said, yes, sir, once. In other words, listen to this. When you think we are dealing with someone in a certain way, God tells, say, I'm going to deal with you that same way. Because God desires obedience from his people. Not desires, he requires obedience from his people. Do you know what is tied to? Honor. That is tied to honor. Parents, I'm telling you, we are, we are winding the year, but we are going also 2023, and I've been saying to Family Mountain, we are going to go up in another level concerning parenting. The devil is out to do his work of still killing and destroying. And listen to this, we must be more aggressive than, let me say it in this man, than saying I'm providing for the family. We better be aggressive because he wants to steal the next generation and we cannot allow him. Use your faith in raising up your children. Use your faith all through. And that's not my message today, but yeah, I'm a pastor. So you see the pattern. So the first thing that I wanted to say, we increase what? In the revelation of our redemption. That's very important what I've said right there. So then, the second one, and to, 
speak about is we become more aware of God's eternal purposes. His calendar are not man's. His calendar are not man's calendar. We become more aware of God's eternal purposes. Church, we are eternal beings. We are eternal beings. We are not flesh and blood. We are spirit beings. And we have been brought here by God for eternity. Remember, I think I spoke uh, living, I, speak, I spoke months ago about living in the realities of heaven on earth. But again, that Acts chapter 15 verse 18, known to God from eternity are all his works. There is eternity. And we have received eternal life. So eternal life does not begin when we die. Or when we, in fact, believers don't die. They sleep in the Lord. It doesn't begin then. Eternal life began when we received. For us, we received eternal life when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So we are eternal beings that are supposed to be living in the eternal purposes of God. And they are not mysterious. God has given us his Holy Spirit so that he can teach us all these things. So we become more aware of God's eternal purposes. We become aware of his calendar and not man's. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, there is a family here that we belong to. It says, of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So these people, sons of Issachar, the Bible says this, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So let's believe this, that as people, we have understanding of the times and we know what the church ought to do. We know what Israel ought to do. We know what we ought to do concerning our lives in preparation for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I get amazed, church, of Simeon and Anna, the prophetess. They come in how many days was that child? It wasn't the eighth day. I think it was a few, a few days. I'm forgetting the number of days for purification. Was it 40 days to be taken to the, to the temple? I think it was 40 days. I'm, I'm not so sure. Uh, but, but the baby is brought in the temple. And Simeon picks up that baby. And say, now God, let your servant depart in peace. For I have seen the salvation of Israel. An eight-year baby. What happened? Let me go there to Luke chapter 2. Sometimes, probably some of you go to Luke chapter 2 during Christmas. It's not for Christmas. In chapter 2, okay, let's go to verse 25. <clears throat> Are you there? Talking about knowing the times, understanding of the times, and what, what Israel ought to do. Verse 25 says this, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And listen to what follows next. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. To understand the times of what you ought to do, you must live a spirit-filled life. 
Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Church, he's the all-knowing one. He's the one that you've been sent to us so that we can know the will of God. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I say, so, so he's, speak to him. Go to the scriptures. Tell him he's your helper. Ask him to help you. And another thing is this. One of the, the things that you do, pray in tongues. Don't speak just with understanding. Speak in tongues. Speak in that supernatural language. The things that are happening, you're not praying from your understanding. You're praying from your spirit. And you know what? You're being plugged into knowing what the will of God is for the, for the situations that you are or, or for, for, for our generation or what you ought to do as an individual. So he came in and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Who revealed that to him? The Holy Spirit. Who's going to reveal to you concerning the times? The Holy Spirit. Who's going to reveal to you concerning the things that you are going through? The Holy Spirit. Say, I welcome you, Holy Spirit of God, for help. Help. Even the strength you need is the Holy Spirit. I know what that is. And it has, been, it has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that you not see death before he see he has seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, the child Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, then he took up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen actually your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Wow! Can you think about in the baby dedication? And your pastor sees that. And by the way, many times I've prayed for children and you can see some things concerning them. Not the full picture, you can see something and hear utterance of things you had imagined of you just speak them out by the Spirit. What is it? You're speaking the purposes of God for that individual. That is wonderful. Go meditate on that. And of course, there was another lady. Look at verse 36. Now, there was one Anna, a prophetess. Do you know what this actually is for? To tell you, ladies, it just doesn't happen to men. It happens also to ladies. Just to encourage you. There's no gender in Christ. But look at this. Now there was, there was one Anna prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. And I lived with her husband seven years from her, from her virginity. And this man was a widow of about 84 years. Isn't that wonderful? 84. 84. What's your problem? You're, in, you're already in your 40s. You feel like you want to retire. 84 years old. Who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Look at verse 38. And coming that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him. Who's that? Jesus. To all who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. That those are people who are led by the Holy Spirit and they were able to see. Believe God all through. And I want you to take it upon you every day. Believe God all through for eyes to see. All through, church. 
Again, I'll bring you back to that story in the book of Numbers I've been speaking to you about. Uh, the ten spies saw the same thing with the two spies. But the difference was the other ones saw with the eyes of faith. The eyes of your, in fact, in fact, you look at it later, Ron, I don't think I want to go there. But, but, but actually, Caleb says this was the end of, when they were inheriting the promise, he says, I brought back the word as it was in my heart. You want to see that? You want to see that from the scriptures? That's very important. Let's, let's go to the book of Joshua. I'm still talking about those times, knowing the seasons of God. That was not part of my, my notes, but let me get it quickly because that's, when I saw that, it really blessed me. I think it should be chapter 21, but in a moment, in a moment. Praise God. If, if I don't see it, uh, you'll have to do your study. Oh, praise. Oh, glory. Thank you, Lord. I don't see it, Joshua. Anyway, I don't see it. That's another. Oh, it should be 14. It should be 14. Okay. Pray for me. I should be 14. I read my Bible. Look at verse 6. From verse 6. <clears throat> yes, Joshua 14. Then the caliber, then. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephne, one of the two spies, remember it was Joshua and Caleb, the Kenizzite said to him, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me and at Kadesh Barnea? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And look at what follows next. next. And I brought back word to him, to Moses, as it was in my heart. What's that? Faith. The others brought their report as they, what they saw. Listen, seeing with natural eyes can be deceptive. Because people get blinded. But if you see it with the eyes of faith, like what I told you last week, believing is seeing. If you see with the eyes of faith, even if in the eyes, the natural eyes, looks like, looks like it's impossible, if you see with the eyes of faith, you know you have victory. So he brought back the word as it was in his heart. Believe completely for you to have eyes to see in the situations that you are dealing with. Now, let's go back to our text. In First Chronicles 12, 33, the, the tree of life version, the Bible version, says this concerning that same scripture. It says, from the sons of Issachar, men who knew how to interpret the signs of the times, listen, they knew men who know how to interpret the signs of the times to determine what Israel should do. It's important to know what God is doing. It's important to understand where God is leading his people in, this, in our generation. We are living in a time that we must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to know exactly what we ought to do. 
We must be reminded this, uh, church, that this world is not our home. We're looking forward to an eternal home in the Lord and it's coming soon. Church, that day will come. Amen? Whether it will be departure in the physical realm through death or it will be by the, the church being raptured, that day is coming. That day is coming. In 1 John 3, 2 to 3, 1 John 2 to 3 says this, Beloved, now we are children of God. Yes, we are. It has not been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, when Jesus is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's wonderful. When he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That day is coming. That day is as sure as it rise, the sun rising up tomorrow morning. Have you ever gone to sleep and you think like, I wonder if it will shine tomorrow at all or will wake up and it's dark? Have you ever thought that way? You've ever woken up to tell the sun to shine? It's there. That's what, that's, that day is coming as sure as the sun will be shining tomorrow. It is. It's coming. The Lord is coming back. So the first one I told you is what? As we give in faith, in observing this feast, is we increase in the revelation of our redemption. The second one, we become more aware of God's eternal purposes. So what do I, am I telling you? So that faith may come. So that you may give your seed, expecting this. Now, faith is a substance of things offer. Do you hope for these things to happen, to increase it? You want that too? For you becoming more aware of God's eternal purposes? I want that. I want to know what God is doing. The third one is this, for you to deepen in the understanding or for the church to deepen in the understanding of our Jewish roots. You say, but we are, we are gender. No, we're the church. We're the body of, members of the body of Christ. We have Jewish roots. The Messiah was Jewish. God spoke to our Hebrew, Abraham. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 20, 29, if you are Christ, if you are Christ, you are Abraham's seed. In other words, there is a Jewish aspect of you. You brought into the covenant. Are we going to observe, you know, the Jewish customs and all that? Not so. We've been given the living word of God. But how important is it for us to understand our roots? It's important. I believe it's important to know where you come from for the purpose of knowing where you're going. I really have to remind myself of where I came from. I have to remind myself also how, what could have happened if I didn't receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to take my salvation for granted. Listen, we increase in the understanding of our Jewish roots. One of the things that is happening as is ushering the, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, there is a sign of the soon appearing of the Lord as we see many Jews receiving the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and as the church stands with the Jewish people to see the fulfillment of God's purposes to them. I mean, I mean, I mean increase your, your vision because you are part of this as a child of God. You see, like what I was saying, if, if you allow the enemy to constrict you or better one, maybe constrain you 
in your thinking because you're thinking of your purposes, I mean, you're thinking about your needs and all that, you'll never expand in the purposes of God. You will not know that. You'll be thinking what you eat, what you drink, what you eat, what you drink, and actually it's sin before God. Because he says, do not worry about that. But when you start opening up yourself and listening to the Lord, he'll start showing you his plans. Every time, it has happened to me, every time that I've ever been in a crisis, I've, how do I put it? Do I put it in Christ? Yeah, because even that's exactly what it was when I was giving my life to Christ. The Lord didn't speak to me about that crisis. The Lord spoke to me about his plans. That's important right there. Every time I've ever found myself like I'm, I'm in a place, like before even I gave my life to Christ, I want a, a solution for the things that are happening in my life. But listen to this, the Lord didn't speak to me about that situation. The Lord showed me his plans of the things that he was going to do in my life. But what does the enemy want you to do to focus on the things that are happening in your life? And talk about them, and cry about them, and sing about them, and pray, quote-unquote, and pray them. What is happening? Faith is coming in the ability for those things to harm you. Let me give you something so, so, so easy that you can, you can use as a, as a principle. Learn to pray for people. Especially when you feel like you have so many needs, pray for people. Pray for people. Begin right there. And ask the Lord, Lord, what am I supposed to do concerning those people? Help me to help them. That's wonderful. Look at this. The eyes are out of you, now it's unto the Lord. And what are you doing? You are acting according to his generosity in your heart. You'll have your needs met quickly. Did you all go home? Are you still here? Are you in a standard marathon or are you here? <laughs> is this standard marathon or what is it called? So we deepen, let's go to Romans, we deepen in the understanding of our Jewish roots. Let's go to Romans chapter 11. Read in your own time Romans, Romans 9 and, and, and verse 11 to understand what I'm talking about. Because of this church, there is what is called the replacement theology that the church was taught to separate herself from the Jewish roots, which was a lie. That is, and then it was taught, of course, centuries and centuries ago, that God was done with his people, Israel. Don't accept such teachings, they will lead you into error. Now God has a plan for his people, even right now, for the salvation of his people, there are roots that we need to be aware of, and God will reveal to us, as we, we keep doing this by faith, he keeps revealing to us what is our part as the body of Christ in our generation. I want to be in flow with God, not with the world. I want to be in flow with what God is doing. Look at this in verse, verse, verse 11. Did I say verse 11? It should be verse 13. Let's start from verse 13. 
For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. Apostle Paul was called to the Gentiles. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them, he's talking about the Jewish people. For if they are being cast away, for if they are being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will the acceptance be but life from the dead? The casting away was for the reconciliation, reconciling of the world. What about when they are coming back and understanding and knowing Yeshua, their Messiah? What will happen? That is life from the dead. Do you know what will happen? There is outpouring more of the Spirit upon the church. And what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, there becomes a one new man. Jews and Gentiles, but there is no distinction. Why is that so? Because you are all one in Christ. So when you see the Jewish people coming into the kingdom of God more and more, listen to this, look up. Because the day of our being, being taken away, being raptured as the, the word which is used, is this, is drawing near. Don't be ignorant. Don't be you and your uncle and your mama. You know people who pray, Father, bless, uh, bless me, bless my mom, bless my dad, and all our brothers. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Don't think that way. You understand? No more. Do the blessing here in this home. Say, no, don't think that way. Study the word of God. Believe the word of God. Listen, he enlarges your ability and your capacity to see his redemptive plan. And the more it becomes deeper inside of you, listen, the more you increase in your knowledge of the Lord and the more you understand of where you are in Christ, the more joy you'll experience in your life and it is the place of increase. God wants to increase you. You know, we are so blessed right here in this church. Uh, we do every month Every month, we give to the Jewish uh, outreaches. Every month. Every month. Now, we may not be 100,000 doing this, but listen to this. We do it as a principle. And there are things that have kept happening in this ministry that in the natural look like impossible for them to happen. I was, I was, uh, we were praying for a certain one of the girls who've grown up in their home. She's now 21. I've known Sheila since she was Four years old, actually. Came to their home. Pastors Wade and Carla loved that girl. She was four years old when she came to our children's home. And this past Friday, we're releasing her, prayed for her, and she's, she's found her own place to live, and she's working somewhere, and on and on and on and on. And, on, and when I was praying for Sheila, ended up just shedding tears. Because I know the things that have happened over the years in helping these children. And sometimes it didn't look like we we're making progress. Completely. But kept doing it by faith. I remember in that 2001, I think it was 2002 actually, when he started supporting uh, the children, you know, it was just feeding. The budget I think was 17,000 or 20,000 per month. Just feeding them. How much is it now per year? We just checked at 22 it will be what, in, a, in our home together in HLA? Is it 20 what, 26 million? Uh-huh. 33 million for next year. One year will be 33 million. 
for children, for orphans and vulnerable children. 33 million. Yeah, brother, go ahead and clap. That's fine. In other words, you are agreeing with me. Money cometh, all of it. Praise God. <laughs> That's three million. I heard someone say, like, how does it happen? I mean, uh, how? If you look what, if you observe the clouds, you'll not so. But if you do it something by faith, and people have the old reason, say, maybe this, then, this, this happened. No, I'm telling you, I've been in writing it. It's been by faith all the years. Do you know what is happening? We're about to build three more classrooms on top of that building. And the washrooms. Because we have to finish it by next year. That's about 17 million or so. We claim that by faith. I think by the time we are done, we'll be maybe slightly over 20 million because of furniture and all that. We claim that by faith. God, listen this, if you live your life for him, you realize that you're not concerned about your life. You're more concerned of what he wants you to do. Let me show you a scripture regarding that in, in John 12. Oh, no, no. Let me finish this. Then we, No, let me go John 12. And then we come back to Romans 11, okay? If I see your hand lifted, raised up, um, you're telling me, you forgotten John 11. I mean Romans 11. Let's go to, Romans, uh, to John 12. And emphasize something there. I still hear. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And you watching us online, live online, are you still there or you went to the kitchen? <laughs> uh, when we were doing that, watching online, Tina and I, we would record here on Saturdays and then we'll watch on Sunday. But can I tell you the truth? We watched. We watched. We listened. We sat down. We praised. We worshiped. We didn't go just, you know, just to go through it. No, we watched. We listened. Now look at this in John 12. Uh, John 12, going back to the same John 12. Look at verse 20. Now there were certain Greeks, those are Gentiles, among those who came to worship at the feast. Which feast was that? When you hear about the feast, you should know this feast of tabernacles. I was listening to a certain uh, messianic teacher. He said this. Of course, the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they will go to Jerusalem three times a year, and then the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, or the Day of Pentecost, they'll go to, the, to, the, to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. And then, during the Feast of Tabernacles, they say, you're saying this, that other times they could send their gifts, but during the Feast of Tabernacles, they wanted to be there. They didn't want to miss being there. In fact, it's called the Feast. Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast. And it was marked by, is it marked by or marked with, by joy. So the Feast of Joy. Celebration. And there's a coming of the millennial reign of Christ. And we'll be with him forever and ever after that. Just think about this. Being with your God, being with your creator forever. Forever. And there will be no fool in heaven. Can you think about it? No fool will be in heaven. Because the fool has said in his, in his heart there is no God. So there will be no fool in heaven. Can you imagine all your neighbors, none of them is foolish. 
and wonderful. I mean, just think about that. I'm telling you. No pain, nothing. With a resurrected body. No, no thought of need. Nothing. Listen, no fear whatsoever. No scorching heat. No KRA. So, so. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Free. Free indeed. If you're here, you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to today. In fact, you've interrupted me and say, I'm coming right, right there, uh, up there to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Please rise up right now. You don't want to miss such a party. Hey. And it's called the feast. We'll be feasting. And listen, the good news about it, you're feasting, but you're not thinking about putting on weight. <laughs> hey. Come on. I'm the only one getting excited regarding that. I thought ladies are going to tell me, yeah, praise God, nothing. You're just feasting, you're enjoying. That day is coming. Come on, you better get excited more than that. That day is coming, church. This is not just saying for the sake of saying it. I don't want you to look at me in heaven and say, Pastor, you said this and it happened. So you, now I'm trying to rejoice. No. Do some practice before them. So this was the feast, verse 21. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. This is amazing. Philip doesn't go direct to Jesus. He came and tells Andrew. He goes to Andrew. I don't know why they did that. Then Andrew said, oh, in turn, let, let's go together with Jesus. Have you ever seen children coming to you, both, you know, two of them? You should know they have a big announcement. So like, or they, I don't know about you, grow up, say, say it. <laughs> so now you go ahead and say, no, say it. Has it ever happened that way? I remember even going to teachers, you know, in high school or primary school, say, you go ahead and say it. You are the one who said we came. We come. Go ahead. So I don't know that's what, that's what was happening. But anyway, they came and told Jesus. But Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assured, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Another version says, it produces much grain. Much fruit. In other words, Jesus is signifying his death and burial and resurrection was like a seed. I say this, I've said it over the years, maybe today it will, it will sink into some, someone's heart by reflection. Of all the principles, God who has infinite, infinite, his wisdom is infinite and his understanding is infinite. He chose the law of seed, time, and harvest to redeem man. We need to be aware of this law and activate it in our own lives. God's wisdom is infinite. God's understanding is infinite. You talk about his knowledge, it's unsearchable. But listen to this. He chose the law of seed, time, and harvest to redeem man. Jesus say, actually saying this, I'm a grain. Of wheat. What does he say? I'm a seed. And I've been sown on the, I have, I'm about to be sown into the ground. And this is what happens. When I'm sown into the ground, I'm not alone. I'll not be, remain there alone. I'm going to produce much fruit. 
The father's seed is going to bore sons. I will no longer be just the son of God. We'll have many sons into the kingdom of God because of this seed that I sown. I like saying this, when you believe God concerning your seed that you're sowing by faith, it's as sure as the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ if you faint not. Every seed that you have sown, you can put a demand that just as the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ was sure, I'm sowing this seed and I'm believing there's a harvest, a hundredfold harvest in the name of Jesus. Why is that so? Because he's focused on the resurrection of our Lord. He's focused on the person of Jesus. I'm not buying anything from God. I'm acting, acting on the law of seed time and harvest and it does not fail because it's a words of Jesus. That's the harvest. Now look at this. This is what I was looking for. In verse 25, he who loves his life will lose it. But who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternity. I'm not saying you go around and say, I hate myself, I hate myself, I hate myself. No, no, no. You're offering it. You're offering it. You're selfless. You're desiring to serve the Lord. This is what you're doing. In other words, you're not focusing on you. You're focusing on him and how you can help others. God says this, Jesus was, and these are God's own words. He says this, you will keep it for eternity, eternal life. But listen to this, it just doesn't begin there. Eternal life was not, is not beginning when you die. It begins right here. What is he talking about? He's talking about seed time and harvest. You'll have a harvest for every seed you sow. Ah, oh, you know, they talk about this seed thing and seed thing and then behum, behum, behum. No, no, I'm talking about that. Listen to this. When there's something genuine, they are always counterfeits. No one in his right mind can, can, can print out 900 shillings in Kenya. Because there's no 900 shillings in our currency. But they will print out 1,000 shillings. 500, 200, 50, 100. Two, they can do that. But no one will go say, I have a note here of 300 shillings. That's foolish. So what does the devil do? Because there is a genuine seed time and harvest, the devil brings in his counterfeits. Amen? And that's why they sell. Even, they say, I'm selling you water from Jerusalem. So a seed of 300 shillings. And you'll get water from Jerusalem. You pour it out in your business and everything is supernatural. Usually those are the ones that say, supernatural, shh. <laughs> That's what they do. And then the others are watching, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I mean, that, that doesn't change even a mosquito. Just foolishness. Have you ever wondered why a person will drive his big vehicle and park it in a thatched house, muddy house, going to look for solutions? Somewhere where it doesn't rain regularly. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I don't know why these ladies are laughing. I didn't say anything concerning our plus. But can you can imagine of that? What's that? Can you see how the devil can make a human being foolish? We need to stay in the word of God. Listen to this. No wonder, no wonder, no wonder Apostle Paul said this. Even if an angel came and preached to you another gospel, another, let him be accursed. Because the word of God 
is our redemption. The word of God is our deliverance. The word of God is our victory, church. The word of God is our main thing because the word of God is God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word is God. The word is God. Romans 11, let's finish this. My first finishing. My first finish. I speak to Pastor Caleb regularly and tells me, please greet the church. So I do that. Please greet you. Every one of you from Pastor Caleb. And I was speaking to her and, and she told me this. Say hello to James and Alice. Say, do they still sit the same place that they sit? I say, yeah, they are right there. Right there. So they, she, told, she told me that and received uh, really her greetings, a heartfelt greeting. Say, please say hello to them. And what about me? What about me? That was to James and Alice. <laughs> Tell me to do that. Okay, Romans 11, quickly. Uh, see if we'll finish this part here. Go to the next point and give instruction. So are you seeing that of uh, which... which, which uh, Verse 12, is that so? So it says, now if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their full, fullness? For that's why, you need to check out the thing several Wednesdays ago I spoke about that Romans 11. Actually, we read the whole of it. That's why we need to pray for the Jews to come into the kingdom of God. This is for the enrichment of the church. And look at this verse 13. Which verse? Oh, no, no, no. We're in verse 15, actually. Look at verse 16. For if the first fruit is holy, that's what? That's the Jews. Those are Jews. The lamp is holy, that's us. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So what is he saying? This is our Jewish roots. And he says this, and if some of the branches are broken off, and you being a wild olive tree, that's you and I. While olive tree, the genders, were grafted in among them and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. We were engrafted. But vulnerable children. 33 million. Yeah, brother, go ahead and clap. That's fine. In other words, you are agreeing with me. Money cometh, all of it. Praise God. <laughs> That's three million. I heard someone say, like, how does it happen? I mean, uh, how? If you look what, if you observe the clouds, you'll not so. But if you do it something by faith, and people have the old reason, say, maybe this, then, this, this happened. No, I'm telling you, I've been writing it. It's been by faith all the years. Do you know what is happening? We're about to build three more classrooms on top of that building and the washrooms. Because we have to finish it by next year. That's about 17 million or so. We claim that by faith. I think by the time we are done, it will be maybe slightly over 20 million because of furniture and all that. We claim that by faith. God, listen this. If you live your life for him, you realize that you're not concerned about your life. You're more concerned of what he wants you to do. Let me show you a scripture regarding that in, in John 12. Oh, no, no. Let me finish this. Then we, 
No, let me go John 12. And then we come back to Romans 11, okay? If I see your hand lifted, raised up, um, you're telling me, you've forgotten John 11. I'm in Romans 11. Let's go to, Romans, uh, to John 12. And emphasize something there. I still hear, shout hallelujah. And you watching us online, live online, are you still there or you went to the kitchen? <laughs> when we were doing that, watching online, Tina and I, we would record here on Saturdays and then we'll watch on Sunday. But can I tell you the truth? We watched. We watched, we listened, we sat down, we praised, we worshiped. We didn't go just, you know, just to go through it. No, we watched, we listened. Now look at this in John 12, uh, John 12, going back to the same John 12. Look at verse 20. Now there were certain Greeks, those are Gentiles, among those who came to worship at the feast. Which feast was that? When you hear about the feast, you should know this feast of tabernacles. I was listening to a certain uh, messianic teacher. He said this. Of course, the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they'll go to Jerusalem three times a year, and then the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, or the Day of Pentecost, they'll go to, the, to, the, to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. And then, during the Feast of Tabernacles, they say, you're saying this, that other times they could send their gifts, but during the Feast of Tabernacles, they wanted to be there. They didn't want to miss being there. In fact, it's called the feast. Feast of Tabernacles, the feast. And it was marked by, is it marked by or marked with? By joy. So the feast of joy. Celebration. And there's a coming of the millennial reign of Christ. And we'll be with him forever and ever after that. Just think about this. Being with your God, being with your creator forever. Forever. And there will be no fool in heaven. Can you think about it? No fool will be in heaven. Because the fool has said in his, in his heart there is no God. So there will be no fool in heaven. Can you imagine all your neighbors, none of them is foolish. <laughs> but is that wonderful? I mean, just think about that. I'm telling you. No pain, nothing. With a resurrected body. No, no thought of need. Nothing. Listen, no fear whatsoever. No scorching heat. No KRA. Sorry. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Free. Free indeed. If you're here, you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to today. In fact, you've interrupted me and say, I'm coming right, right there, uh, up there, to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Please rise up right now. You don't want to miss such a party. Hey. And it's called the feast. We'll be feasting. And listen, the good news about it, you're feasting, but you're not thinking about putting on weight. <laughs> hey. Come on. I'm the only one getting excited regarding that. I thought ladies are going to tell me, yeah, praise God, nothing. You're just feasting, you're enjoying. That day is coming. Come on, you better get excited more than that. That day is coming, church. 
This is not just saying for the sake of saying it. I don't want you to look at me in heaven and say, Pastor, you said this and it happened. So you, now I'm trying to rejoice. No. Do some practice before them. So this was the feast. Verse 21. Then they came to Philip who was from Bethsaida of Galilee and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus. This is amazing. Philip doesn't go direct to Jesus. He came and tells Andrew. He goes to Andrew. I don't know why they did that. Then Andrew said, oh, in turn, let, let's go together with Jesus. Have you ever seen children coming to you, both, you know, two of them? You should know they have a big announcement. So like, or they, I don't know about you growing up, say, say it. <laughs> say, no, you go ahead and say, no, say it. Has ever happened that way? I remember even going to teachers, you know, in high school or primary school, say, you go ahead and say it. You are the one who said we came. We come. Go ahead. So I don't know that's what, that's what was happening. But anyway, they came and told Jesus. But Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Another version says, it produces much grain. Much fruit. In other words, Jesus is signifying his death and burial and resurrection was like a seed. I say this, I've said it over the years, maybe today it will, it will sink into some, someone's heart by reflection. Of all the principles, God who has infinite, infinite, his wisdom is infinite and his understanding is infinite. He chose the law of seed, time, and harvest to redeem man. We need to be aware of this law and activate it in our own lives. God's wisdom is infinite. God's understanding is infinite. You talk about his knowledge, he's unsearchable. But listen to this. He chose the law of seed, time, and harvest to redeem man. Jesus say, actually saying this, I'm a grain. Of wheat. What does he say? I'm a seed. And I've been sown on the, I have, I'm about to be sown into the ground. And this is what happens. When I'm sown into the ground, I'm not alone. I'll not be, remain there alone. I am going to produce much fruit. The father's seed is going to bore sons. I will no longer be just the son of God. We'll have many sons into the kingdom of God because of this seed that I sown. I like saying this, when you believe God concerning your seed that you're sowing by faith, it's as sure as the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, if you faint not. Every seed that you have sown, you can put a demand that just as the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ was sure, I'm sowing this seed and I'm believing there's a harvest, a hundredfold harvest in the name of Jesus. Why is that so? Because he's focused on the resurrection of our Lord. He's focused on the person of Jesus. I'm not buying anything from God. I'm acting, acting on the law of seed, time, and harvest. And it does not fail because these are words of Jesus. That's the harvest. Now look at this. This is what I was looking for. In verse 25, he who loves his life will lose it. But who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternity. I'm not saying you go around and say, I hate myself, I hate myself, I hate myself. No, no, no. You're offering it. You're offering it. You're selfless. You're desiring to serve the Lord. This is what you're doing. 
In others, you're not focusing on you, you're focusing on him and how you can help others. God says this, Jesus was, and these are God's own words. He says this, you will keep it for eternal life. But listen to this, it just doesn't begin there. Eternal life is not, not beginning when you die. It begins right here. What is he talking about? He's talking about seed time and harvest. You'll have a harvest for every seed you sow. Ah, you know, they talk about this seed thing and seed thing and then begum, begum, begum. No, no, I'm talking about that. Listen to this. When there's something genuine, there are always counterfeits. No one in his right mind can, can, can print out 900 shillings in Kenya because there's no 900 shillings in our currency. But they'll print out 1,000 shillings. 500, 200, 50, 100. Two, they can do that. But no one will go say, I have a note here of 300 shillings. That's foolish. So what does the devil do? Because there is a genuine seed time and harvest, the devil brings in his counterfeits. Amen? And that's why they sell. Even, they say, I'm selling you water from Jerusalem. So a seed of 300 shillings. And you'll get water from Jerusalem. You pour it out in your business and everything is supernatural. Usually those are the ones say supernatural. Shh. <laughs> That's what they do. And then the others are watching. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I mean, that, that doesn't change even a mosquito. Just foolishness. Have you ever wondered why a person will drive his big vehicle and pack it in a thatched house, muddy house, going to look for solutions? Somewhere where it doesn't rain regularly. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I don't know why these ladies are laughing. I didn't say anything concerning our place. But can you, can you imagine of that? What's, can you see how the devil can make a human being foolish? We need to stay in the word of God. Listen to this. No wonder, no, wonder, no wonder Apostle Paul said this. Even if an angel came and preached to you another gospel, another, let him be accursed. Because the word of God is our redemption. The word of God is our deliverance. The word of God is our victory, church. The word of God is our main thing because the word of God is God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word is God. The word is God. Romans 11, let's finish this. My first finishing. My first finish. I speak to Pastor Caleb regularly and tells me, please greet the church. So I do that. Please greet you. Every one of you from Pastor Carl. And I was speaking to her and, and she told me this. Say hello to James and Alice. Say, do they still sit the same place that they sit? I say, yeah, they are right there. Right there. So they, she, told, she told me that and received uh, really her greetings, a heartfelt greeting. Say, please say hello to them. And what about me? What about me? That was to James and Alice. <laughs> Tell me to do that. Okay, Romans 11, quickly. Uh, see if he'll finish. 
this part here, go to the next point and give instruction. So are you seeing that of uh, which, which, which uh, verse are we, verse 12, is that so? So now if their folly reaches for the world and their failure reaches for the genders, how much more their full, fullness? For that's why you need to check out the thing several Wednesdays ago I spoke about that Romans 11. Actually, we read the whole of it. That's why we need to pray for the Jews to come into the kingdom of God. This is for the enrichment of the church. And look at this verse 13. Which verse? Oh, no, no, no. We're in verse 15, actually. Look at verse 16. For if the first fruit is holy, that's what? That's the Jews. Those are Jews. The lamp is holy, that's us. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So what is he saying? This is our Jewish roots. And he says this, and if some of the branches are broken off, and you being a wild olive tree, as you and I, wild olive tree, the genders, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. We were engrafted. But what is feeding us? The roots. And coming up, we put in, we're grafted in. Do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. So he's telling about our roots as a church. It was so terrible and so bad for the church to mistreat the Jews. In fact, if you talk about the Second, Second World War and all that, how many Jews lost their lives? Because of religion. But hatred, the so-called Christians. But thank God they still were Christians that stood against Nazi and they were able to, to protect the Jewish people. You should watch a movie of uh, Cory Boom. Is that so? Did I say that? C-O-R-R-I-E. Is that so? Cory Boom. B-W-O-M. Young people, you need to know these things. You need to know these things, young people. You really need to. You need to understand these things. So that because you come into a place, I get a mess of how, <laughs> let me use this one. I get a mess how much, how fast I have grown. I'm about to turn 50. <laughs> I used to be in my 20s recently. But listen this, so that you can be able to take it to the next generation and tell others about these things. Because we came from somewhere. The church came from somewhere. We have our Jewish roots. And then verse, quickly, verse, verse 18 says, do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. So then, my point was this. As we observe this, we are deepening in the understanding of our Jewish roots. Believe that. There are seeds that I have sown right there. And Pastor Kala has done this over the years, sowing these seeds. And I said, it started opening myself and, and start, I started realizing some things that the Lord has spoken to me, but I didn't understand them. I'm more passionate now to understand about the Jewish roots and how to support Israel as a believer in Christ. And the last one, the first one was what? I told you. We increase in the revelation of our redemption. The second one, we become more aware of God's eternal purposes, which is his calendar, not ours. And the third one, I say we are deepening in the understanding of our Jewish roots. And the last one for this uh, message is the Lord wants his people to prosper. God wants you well. 
wealthy, rich. Rich is a good word. Wealthy is a good word. Oh, that's that prosperity gospel. Oh, really? There's no poverty gospel. Gospel is good news. Can you go around telling people you're becoming poor? You're becoming poorer and more, more humble because you're humiliating you. Is that, that, that's not gospel. Those are not good news. Amen. I, 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 like, I like doing this too. Anything like, you do that? Yeah. You call those things that be not as though they are, and I've done that for over the years. If I'm, when, when I'm talking to Tina's uh, sisters, I tell them, I'm your favorite brother-in-law. When I'm talking to, to, telling, uh, talking to them about mama, I tell Tina's mom that I am actually your favorite son-in-law. When I'm talking to my nieces and I have a niece over here, she knows I'm their favorite uncle. My nieces and nephew. And if I can talk to my brother or my sister, especially my sisters, I tell them, I'm your favorite brother. That's your problem. <laughs> Are you a black sheep? I'm not. I'm favorite. So, so I had a, a you know, a, and if you called me a while ago and several things were happening, and I didn't, I didn't have money in my pocket. Just believing God to, I didn't have money to do what he wanted me to do. And then he called me and, and he explained to me, I said, don't worry, don't worry about that because you have a rich uncle. And he, and, and he laughed at it. I said, why are you laughing? Sure enough, a few days later, I was making the payment. Rich uncle, do rich things. So can I give you another one? I'm a rich pastor. I'm a wealthy pastor. And I'm humble. You see, people say like, if you say that you are so arrogant, they say, that's your problem. That's unrenewed mind. So how much do you owe? According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How much do you own? That's exactly what I own. Okay. So the Lord wants his people what? To prosper. Let me show you something that he says in Deuteronomy 16, 16, 17. I want you to pay attention to that. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord, your God. So we've, we've, we've known which, which, which times are those, yeah? Uh, the Lord of God, in which he chooses, are the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of Weeks, or Kol Shavuot, and at the Feast of Tabernacles, the just came, we're just in that season. And they shall, look at this, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Pay attention to that, what he says. And look at what follows next. He says this, every man shall give us his able according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. Listen to the, the Tree of Life version. Tree of Life version says, verse 17, it says this, the gift of each man's hand. So he's calling it a gift according to the blessing Adonai, your God, has given you. He said, come into my presence, come to worship me. Remember, they, they went to Jerusalem to do what? To worship. Remember when, when, when Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan woman? 
in John chapter 4. It says about the time is coming that you don't have to go to Jerusalem to worship, but the Lord is seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth. So they are going, during this feast, they are going actually to worship. Like what Elder Francis said, uh, and say that Pastor Gala said, and Miss Tina said, is that you haven't, you haven't worshipped until you've given. But this is the purpose. He calls it the gift. The gift. It shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. He calls it the gift. Look at Philippians 4, 15 to 20. I want you to see something there. God says, I want you to bring something in your hands that I can bless. You multiply zero by a million times, how much are you going to get? Zero. But God says this, I want you to bring something in your hand that I can multiply. Because God is not a taker. He is a giver. He doesn't take. He gives. He doesn't think of how much he can take from you. He's thinking of how much he can multiply the seed back to you. But look at this then. He says, now you Philippians... Know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning what? Giving and receiving, but you only. In other words, in the kingdom of God, not just giving, but it's also what? Receiving. For even in this Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift. Do you see that? That word, we, Deuteronomy 6, 6, 16, 17, what God says, the gift of each man's hand. According to the blessing of Adonai, or Adonai, your God has given you. So he's saying, go back to that. Not that I seek a gift. Apostle Paul is writing, by the Spirit, I'm not seeking the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. So God is saying, don't come empty-handed. Actually, what I am doing, I want a gift for the seed which will account to your, which will abound to your account. He's not taking, he's a giver. Are you seeing that? You better go to the Lord and say, every time you're spending time with him, you need to think of this. I'm sowing, I'm going up or out with abundance. He said, I don't want you just to come worshiping me. Empty-handed. I want you to come with something that I can bless, that I can multiply. Go to the next one there. Verse, verse 12. Are you, are you seeing the connection? Come on, let me ask you. Are you seeing the connection, church? Okay, look at verse 18. Indeed, I have all and abound. Apostle Paul saying that. I am full, having received from that brother. Don't call your child that name, please. Wait, wait. That, that, to say Epaphroditus. Amen. Brother Epa. <laughs> Ophro. Young people, what will you call when you hear a student in school called a Paphroditus? Paphroditus Kamau? <laughs> oh, mostly, mostly it's not a Paphroditus Kamau. These ones you find them. Epaphroditus Oteno Kajoang? Those are mostly you find, you find, you find such, such powerful names come from that side. Epaphroditus, they think, because you understand. You said if you call Epaphroditus come out, sometimes it can be even difficult for them to be able to say Epaphroditus. You understand? What will people in the village call you? Epaphroditus. 
But if it's from the lake side, they can call you Epaphroditus. I mean, that, that's, that's where there are some energy. Anyway, forgive me. They, <laughs> Epaphroditus, look at this. The things sent from you are sweet, smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And then he says this, and my God. He says, I'm not seeking a gift. And th but this, is, this is, should abound to your account. I'm not seeking a gift. And that's exactly what God says. Don't come to me empty-handed. Because you come in to worship me, come with something that I can place my power on and multiply. As you are able. As the Lord has blessed you. Listen to this. But there, there are levels and levels and levels of sacrifice to God. And he says this, you'll never outdo me. This is not a gimmick of getting money. This is the reality of the blessing of God upon your life. And then he says this, but many times you go back there, we go right there in verse 19, and he said, my God. Now he says now, when you've given that gift, he says this, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And verse 20 says this, now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever, and can hear the congregation say what? Amen. Amen. So it says that Deuteronomy 16, 16, it says they shall not appear before the Lord empty handed, and that the, the tree of life version says the gift of each man's hand. So we are talking about your gift to the blessing Adonai your God has given you. The Passion Translation in Philippians 4, 17 says this, I mention this, not because I am requesting a gift, but so that the fruit of your generosity may bring you an abundant reward. Whew, let me say it again. I mention this not because I'm requesting a gift, but so that the fruit of your generosity may bring you an abundant reward. What does he do? He multiplies. He says this. God actually multiplies seed song. So he was telling his people, when you come, come with a gift. And what happens? God says, I'll show you what I'll do. You'll have an abundant reward. And again, I told you this, that this is God's plan to bless his people with abundant supply. He's not a taker, but a giver. He multiplies See so. Empty handed plus a, a million times equals to what? <laughs> Empty handed. That's exactly what it is. But you, you, you give. Can you imagine of that? If I brought my, uh, let's say, a thousand shillings and there's something now to multiply. Always think in those terms. You bring before the Lord and God says, I'll multiply that seed. And you'll never outdo do him. He's, he's faithful to do it. So this, this afternoon, as we, we give, I want you to activate your faith. You've had those things. The first one I told you, God wants to release revelation. Increase the revelation of your redemption. And secondly, become more aware of God's eternal purpose, which is his calendar, not yours, not man's, and deepening in the understanding of our Jewish roots. But listen to this, it's God's plan for his people. He wants your, his people to prosper. I see you in the future and you look much 
better than you do right now. Why? Because of God's faithfulness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God forever. Rise up, please, on your feet. And on us, if you, before you rise up, just before you rise up, uh, if you need an envelope for a fast fruit offering and the Feast of Tabernacle offering, just it's easy that way, I think, when people are seated. Just lift up your hand wherever you are, and the, the ushers will give it to you if you need an envelope. If you need to do the transfer, the amount, uh, whatever amount it is, right, make sure it's the Feast of Tabernacle. Make sure you write it. Indicate there. Usher here at the front, I can see someone, some people there to your right hand, just looking. Uh, wanting an envelope. Anyone else, if you're watching online, you're watching online, what, what you do, there are details on the screen. And you can so, but make sure you write Feast of Tabernacles. And this amount is very important because we give to the Jews first. It's all what we're going to, to receive. It goes first there. Support. Last year we did also the, the project Aliyah, which is the Jews going back to, to their home country. And we, we saw some seeds there. And we want to increase in our sowing, in what we are doing. Your seed is going over the seas, across the borders. And it's a blessing someone. We are, we are so serious as a ministry concerning our finances. We are accountable. In fact, we have our, our accounts edited every, every year. That's very important to us. So your seed is not just going to do whatever it's going to do or or buy this and that. No, it's your seed is sown. It's used for the kingdom. So there are details there on the screen. And if anyone is still needing an envelope, or you all are fine. And, okay, fine. Would you please rise up on your feet? And if I can have the praise team here and come with your shout, brother and sisters. Ooh, hallelujah. Now, remember, remember I told you it's called the feast. And it's marked by what? Oh, come on now. By joy. Joy. What is that? Oh, because God is faithful. What is that? Because God is faithful. Father, thank you for the release of faith. Faith in your word. Faith in your ability. As you saw this feast of tabernacles, fast fruit offering in accordance to your word Father you say we don't come empty handed we bring something into your hand a gift the gift of each man's hand we bring it according to the blessing Adonai our God you have given us for you've said it is you who gives us power to get wealth. Thank you, Lord, for the release of your power upon your people's lives. Power to prosper in the name of Jesus. Power to increase in the revelation of our redemption. Power to become more aware of your eternal purposes being revealed by the Holy Spirit. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that you have prepared for those who love you. But you have revealed these things by your spirit. And I thank you, Father, for revelation of the times 
Like you cried concerning Jerusalem and you say, oh, you would have known the day of your visitation. Father, we don't want as a congregation, we don't want as a church to miss out the days of our visitation. We want to know, we want to be aware, we want to be sensitive in our hearts concerning your eternal purposes that you are unfolding in our generation. Father, we do thank you for the understanding of the deepening, the, the under, deepening in the understanding of our Jewish roots. That every plant that you, Father, has not planted in us, we uproot it in the name of Jesus. Every kind of replacement theology, everything that stands against your purposes for the Jewish people, every seed of it, we root you out in the name of Jesus and be cast into the sea. We receive revelation concerning our Jewish roots and we honor your people. We bless your people. You say to Abraham in Genesis 12, the one who bless you, I will bless. So we bless the Jewish people and thank you for your blessing upon your people, Father, right now. Father, we know from your word we believe your word because you want us to prosper. You want us to deepen, to, to, to understand the functioning of the kingdom of God. And you want to multiply every seed we sow. Father, we sow into the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. And you said you'll open the windows of heaven and pour out your blessing upon your people. And thank you, Father, for the outpouring of your blessing upon your people. I want you to take that by faith. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus. You said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of us, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there'll be not be, there will not be room enough to receive it. I speak that in the name of Jesus. As you multiply the seeds of your people and Lord you say this, you rebuke the devourer for our sins. And I say in the name of Jesus, devil take your hands off God's people. Take your hands off their businesses. Take your hands off their houses. Take your hands off their bank accounts. Take your hands off their jobs. Take your hands off everything that God has called them to be, to be blessed, to, to have blessed them with financially. Their health. Take your hands off now, God's people. And now, angels, harvesting angels, go forth and cause this harvest to come. Go forth and cause finances to come. Go forth and cause abundance to come. Go forth and cause promotion to come. Go forth and cause all every kind of blessing of God to manifest, uh, to manifest upon God's people. And Father, thank you for your goodness. You multiply every seed soul. Thank you, Lord, we rejoice in your goodness. We rejoice in your goodness. Brother Francis, come over here. And if there's any utterance, just pray them out upon God's people. I just still want you to stay right there. Just 
Glory to God. Go ahead. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the outpouring of your joy. Joy in this season. Joy. We look, we look by faith. We see by faith and not by sight. Beings, thank you for lifting heaviness from the the hearts of your yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. where there has been struggle in that workplace, that heaviness goes in the name of Jesus. Every hindrance, every blindness of the enemy goes in your workplace, in your business, in your family. In the name of Jesus, be connected. We connect to our roots. Right now, our roots are good. Our roots are good. Thank you, Father, for dispersing any connection to dead roots. Dead roots die. Dead religion, yeah. traditions of men which have held your people back. We break that connection in the name of Jesus. Every connection to witchcraft and manipulations of men in the name of Jesus. Ancestral worship, we break your power in the name of Jesus. Whichever way the enemy came. Thank you, Father. Marriages are being restored. Thank you, Father. Marriages are being quickened. In the name of Jesus, the joy of families, the joy of families is being restored now. In the name of Jesus, as we give, we declare wholeness. We are a family of God. We are a family of God. Where there has been family struggles, we break strife and division. In the name of Jesus, where bitterness has come from parents to children, we break that. We break that. Relationships that have been antagonistic, where, where there has been so much struggle, we break that in the name of Jesus. We tap to the root. We tap to the root of God. We tap to the joy of God. With the joy we draw from the wells of our salvation in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you that years of sowing in this feast, years of sowing in this feast are now manifesting, manifesting food. We come against the spirit of weariness in the name of Jesus. Weariness, we break your power in the name of Jesus and we declare this feast is different. Yeah. This one is different. Yeah. We are coming by faith. Yes, we are stand up in our faith. Yes, we are getting into new levels of revelation of what these feasts are. So by faith, we tap into whatever had been missed before and we lose the power of God with our seed this afternoon in the name of Jesus. Yes, thank, thank you, Father. Lord. We declare divine acceleration thank you father yes concerning the purposes of god yes concerning the plans of god yes divine acceleration thank you lord. and where there has been hindrances yes hindrances in the name of jesus i command you go now in the name of jesus barriers i break your power go now in the name of jesus and thank you Lord of hosts, sending angels, sending angels, opening doors that have been shut for a long time, doors that have been shut for a long time, 
now the keys is in our hands. And whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we lose on earth is loose in, he in heaven. So right now, we bind the devil. We bind the devil that has been but that has been shutting these doors for a long time. We cast you out and we speak to those doors. Open now in the name of Jesus. Now angels go. The keys are released. And thank you for an open door. For an open door. Ha ha. It's glorious. It's glorious. It's glorious. There is a flood. There is a flood of provision. There is a flood of provision. I hear this for someone. Or someone's. There is a provision that is coming in. And I'm talking of uh, like a flood. Is coming in in the levels that you have never known. Never, never, ever before. That's happening. And it's coming in. And make sure you honor God with it. It's coming in. It's, it's some, something that you could not have imagined. And, and it is going to happen that God is setting it up just for you. I sense his presence regarding that. I see that. It's just a new level of provision. And the Lord said this, I'm doing this for you. And that drying even the tears that you've had for a long time. And weariness that was getting hold of you. But it's over. It's over. This is time for provision. Lord, I see it. I receive it. I release it. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. Gaste de ke de bande, se kikinda groche de ke nranda manga se de badea, gadabada. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Had Brother Francis say something about roots, and and he he said about roots of ancestral worship. In Psalm 103, God says, the Word of God says, He forgives all our iniquities. So I, I say, in, Father, I ask you. Say it, Father, I ask you to forgive me from all my iniquities, iniquities of my fathers, their rebellion against you. Every worship that was not directed to you, I ask you to forgive me, Father, and I receive your mercy. You have removed me from the roots of idol worship, of poverty, of witchcraft, of sorcery, and you have planted me into the roots of prosperity, into the roots of abundance, into the roots of victory. In the name of Jesus, I say then cycles of poverty, yeah, you're yeah, out in the name of Jesus, no more. God's people. You've hindered them for a long time and no more. No more devil. Your power is broken. No more. No more. No more. Those cycles of poverty broken in the name of Jesus. No more. There's a deliverance coming forth upon you. Father, thank you. I, I, I sense that that spirit of deliverance. You have been delivered. 
delivered by the power of God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your blessing upon your people. Listen to Genesis 24, your root. Before you give, I want you to release your faith in this. Listen to this. Let's deliver the things that are happening right now. And, and I really want, I, I, I demand testimonies. In, 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 uh, in uh, Genesis 24, it says, Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. See that? Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Go to Galatians 3.29. And you to have it in your mouth. Identify yourself with these roots. Verse 26 from Galatians 3.26 says, For you, you, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. In verse 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. You are well stricken in age. And God had blessed him in all things. Thank you, Father, for the blessing of Abraham upon your people. Thank you for such wonderful testimonies concerning your goodness upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen.